Mexico is, I think, the most attractive first place that people from North America are going to dip their toe into. If you decide to go on the expat adventure, there's a very high probability that you're going to end up at least passing through Mexico or spending some amount of time there because it is so, it is, as one of my newsletter friends puts it, America light. Nix here. Welcome back to the Expat Files. If you head south, either to just like snowbirds to get out of the cold weather, um, there's a good chance you've already been to Cancun or any of the really growing number of places where um, life and especially life for tourists, for expats, can be quite pleasant. And not just in the winter months um, when North America is really socked in with snow and ice. Um, I like Mexico. I've been through Mexico many, many years now, over 25 years coming and going through Mexico, um, sometimes on my way to Central America, sometimes as a destination by itself. I did some really hardcore backpacking through Mexico back in 96, 97 uh, time, time frame. I won't talk too much about that because it's not fit to tell, but um, great adventures. But Mexico, especially now, deserves a little bit of a mention, I think, because of um, the tremendous contrast that you get in some really important respects from life up north. Here's what I mean by that. Most people in Mexico, if you go south of, of the Rio Grande into Mexico and then further south all the way to, right, to Patagonia and Tierra del Fuego, um, nobody really takes government seriously. This is a very, very big and, in my mind, refreshing contrast. I know for most people, hearing that conjures up visions of lawlessness. And I'll talk about Mexico and safety records and all the rest. And I'll give you some some clear anecdotal um, experiences of my own um, that describe what I think are the primary dangers. But look, the truth is, there's danger everywhere in the world. Mexico is no different. It is certainly not unique in that way. But the one thing that I think Mexico has going for it um, over and above North America is that nobody really as my Mexican friend said, a uh, fellow I talked to just the other day, the government is already up here, right, for people in North America, meaning that it's so deeply embedded in the psyche of Americans and Canadians um, to just be paranoid that you're being watched and spied on and that the government has control over you and all the rest. And most other parts of the world just don't think that way. They don't believe that the government is everywhere in their lives or should be, um, or that, right, that that's even something that's coming for them, right? They're mostly, which may be a type of obliviousness, but in general, in these other parts of the world that are less developed, there's just not as much government presence. Now, um, can that be a problem? Well, everybody knows that there is gang violence, right? Cities like Guadalajara, all the big cities, really, um, León, um, places that you and I probably would not go anyhow, right, are certainly prone to all kinds of gang violence and sort of, uh, but it's gang on gang violence, right? It's not necessarily something that, that you and I have to be concerned about. And this is the first point to understand about safety pretty much anywhere, but not just Mexico, but pretty much anywhere. Obviously, there are parts of Chicago that you would not visit, right? If you have no reason to be um, back in my day when I lived in Chicago, like, and I know Cabrini Green, I believe, is cleaned up now a little bit since it's so close to downtown, right? But there's places you would not go. You don't go to the projects or you don't drive through the south side looking for 
crack and prostitutes. You just don't do that, right? There's no reason that you would be in certain areas of certain cities. Um, it's no different in North America if you stop and really think about it. And so the likelihood of you being stuck in some place that's truly dangerous in a country like Mexico is very, very remote. Unless you're actually doing something that you shouldn't be doing, uh, you're up to no good, uh, you're competing with uh, drug dealers by uh, smuggling your own product in or something of this nature, there's no reason to think that you're going to get caught up in that. Now, could you get caught up in it? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible to get hit by lightning statistically as well. But the idea that most of the places that you're going to go, whether it's in Mexico City, um, in, in Polanco, in uh, Roma Norte, in, in some of the really, really nice areas, well, you're as safe there as you're going to be on any, in like a, a small town in Vermont. Um, you're just not going to run into problems in areas where you and I are likely to go. You're going to go to areas where there's upper good income kind of people and families and uh, tourists and expats and businesses and all kinds of things that are, are designed and catering for you. So with that as an introduction, let me just talk about two of the most important places I think you should know about, um, especially if you want to, well, several places that you might check out if you're interested in visiting Mexico. And if you do decide to dip your toe into the, the waters of the expat adventure, but also uh, for real estate investors, I'll talk about two specific places uh, in particular. First of all, I have a lot of familiarity with the Riviera Maya. This is the area from Cancun uh, through Playa del Carmen to the south on that Caribbean side, and then really, in a sense, terminating in Tulum. It may continue to grow south, but probably not very far. But these three uh, major centers, if you will, Cancun is very developed. It's still it's still pleasant, and it still has reasonable prices, uh, believe it or not. Um, it's still, Mexico is so cheap by comparison that even Cancun, which has been around for a long time, and it's really highly, highly developed, has some really, really good deals. You can get like beachfront stuff and really live on it. The, they have a kind of this, the way the city is, is made, it's a big loop around a lagoon. And so it's, the traffic's horrific, right? At, at um, I almost said high tide at uh, during rush hour. Um, but that stretch there where all the really high end properties are, you can still get them if you want to fight that kind of traffic. And it is pleasant, right? There's no question. There's a, there's a nice vibe to Cancun. It's very high end living, uh, feels like to me, beach living. If you go a little further south, um, Playa del Carmen is also still very nice. It's still very affordable. There's good investment opportunities there. I know a lot of different developers. If you're interested, reach out to me on the email below. And um, and then further still, in the really developing and the really booming part of the Riviera Maya now is Tulum. There are places in Tulum, and it's possible they're going to overbuild here. It's a tiny town. It's like twenty-five to forty thousand people normally, and then it swells to you know fifty to one hundred thousand people with tourists, and they're building like crazy condos. And you can go online and you can see these guys on on YouTube talking about how twenty-five to 50 percent on real estate. Um, rental real estate in Tulum. Now, these are guys who do this full time. They know exactly what they're doing. They buy a you know, penthouse for 250, 300,000, 350,000 US dollars, and then rent it out um, you know, 150 nights a year to all kinds of high-end clientele that are coming down and they're getting $1,000 a night 
over you know Christmas, holidays, and New Year's. And so, yeah, it's possible to make 40, 50% rental income uh, on, a, on a place in Tulum, apparently. I believe them. I, I, I have no doubt that that is uh, happening for some people, but these are guys who are super pros at it and know what they're doing. Um, regardless, I think rental real estate in Tulum is still going to be a very, very good idea, a very good bargain. It's still a very good place. It's still developing. There's still a lot of growth left in Tulum. So it looks to me like um, it's actually going to be a very good spot for that. Those who want to invest in rental real estate, in my mind, the Riviera Maya has the most going for it. They're they're completing a train that's going to loop the entire Yucatan Peninsula, the train Maya, it's called. And they're uh, serious about building and completing an international airport for Tulum specifically. So this cuts a big, big chunk of driving out. If you're coming to that part of the world, you're going to fly into Cancun and then have to drive 90 minutes plus to get to Tulum. If they have their own international hub, obviously Tulum is absolutely set to take off and it's already booming. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons to look at Tulum in my mind. The other best place, I think, to look at real estate, uh, you might consider Cabo San Lucas or the Cabos um, at the peninsula there on the Baja on the Pacific coast. There's really, really good deals still for a property there. There's not that much space to build. I mean, there will continue perhaps to build up the hill. If you've been to Cabo, right, the mountain comes all the way down to the ocean and then they're building up the hill and then further and further away from the beach. But there's still buildings going up with uh, views of the arches and, and the beautiful bay there that uh, is Cabo and the marina where all the fishing boats head out. And so there again, I have uh, contacts for that. If you want to reach out to me, I'm happy to put you in touch with somebody. But these places, especially because of the draw, because of the, the sheer demand of tourism in that those parts of Mexico, you could certainly do worse. And uh, I think there's still a lot of money to be made. Um, the 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 regardless of what happens in in the U.S. and obviously if the U.S. is in real trouble financially at some point, that's going to affect the whole world. But the, the the set and the this the scene of people that go to a place like Tulum or to Cabos uh, or to Cabo San Lucas and that are going to spend money and spend time there are probably going to be less prone to the effects of recessions and, and really hard uh, economic downturns. So for all those reasons, right, Tulum and Cabo uh, are my two favorite picks. But that's not to say there aren't other great spots. San Miguel Allende has long been a big hangout for especially U.S. expats. There's a really vibrant expat scene there. Querétaro, which is very close to Mexico City, is a, a world heritage site city, also full of good Mexican culture and architecture. has a really cool vibe, I'm told. I haven't actually visited. Um, but Mexico City, too, right, is a real bargain. It's really high-end, top-tier city living. The kind of city living that you would expect or that you might get in a really nice neighborhood in, around Chicago or even possibly New York or like a really, really high-end city life kind of experience for about 50% to maybe two-thirds off. And so the, the bargain that you get just by going to Mexico, and it's also one of the greenest cities, which really shocked me. I did not expect that. But Mexico City is, is one of the, the, the best kept and, and greenest um, gardens and trees and tree-lined areas, and parks and museums and all kinds. There's even a canal running through the city in a park. Um, uh, uh, what's it called? The uh, Chapultepec Park is uh, bigger than Hyde Park and Central Park combined. 
So this is an enormous, enormous metropolitan area. Everything that you would expect to get in a city is there. And it's, it's really quite pleasant. It's actually quite cool while we were there. The air is famously polluted and maybe that's a problem for some people, but you're high up enough that you actually do get some, some cool days. It's not sweltering, um, hot, humid Mexico, like most people think of and like, like a lot of parts are, like Tulum, for example, right? The whole Caribbean coast is very, very hot and humid all the time. Mexico City is not. And the mountainous areas too, through Quetero and San Miguel are also quite pleasant. Um, San Miguel, uh, uh, San Cristobal de las Casas in the south in Chiapas, also very pleasant area. If you like being in highly wooded, uh, lots of forest and very pleasant kind of uh, high altitude living. Um, very nice. Chiapas, very, very beautiful. Chiapas, curiously enough, was the one area of Mexico that really never totally submitted to the central government. And so the Zapatistas are still famously independent. There's not a lot of trouble between them and the central government now, but they do have a history of uh, showing the middle finger to the central government and getting away with it right? for many, many years. That was the area of Mexico that was contested, just like the FARC forces that ran and, and sort of... Uh, gave uh, such fits to the Colombian government in Colombia.